it wasn't even close. Coloradans emphatically chose the Democratic and Republican nominees for governor from a crowded field. And it wasn't just party faithful who did the choosing. For the first time, unaffiliated voters could take part, and about a quarter of them did. More, by the way, opted for the Democratic ballot. Well, fresh off their victories, the nominees, Democrat Jared Polis and Republican Walker Stapleton, spoke with us about their visions for the state. I'm Ryan Warner. This is Who's Gonna Govern, an election year podcast from CPR News. We're going to hear first from Jared Polis, the Boulder congressman and wealthy Internet entrepreneur. We caught up with him just a few hours after he clinched the Democratic nomination. Jared, thank you for being with us. Thank you, Ryan. It's great to be on, and I'm honored to be the Democratic nominee for governor. What accomplishment would you hope to achieve, say, in your first 100 days as governor? You know, Governor Hickenlooper leaves a strong legacy with a good economy. I think the next step is really to make it work for everybody and make sure that we stand up and protect everything that makes Colorado special, our public lands, our parks, our open space. We want to move forward with making sure preschool and kindergarten are available for every child. And of course, you know, whether you're a Republican or independent or a Democrat, when you're stuck in traffic, you want a governor that's going to do something about it. And I'm excited to have a very specific transportation plan, including our plan for Front Range Rail. In your first 100 days, you'd hope to achieve all that. Well, we have to start the groundwork of getting it done, Ryan, right? Uh, It doesn't get done by itself. The first 100 days will include the legislative session. uh, And of course, we plan to make some progress on all of those issues during that first legislative session. Uh, A victory in November may very well depend on convincing unaffiliateds and maybe some Republicans to vote for you. Uh, Briefly, how do you sway them? First of all, I'm very excited that we've been talking to unaffiliated voters since day one of this campaign, because thankfully the voters of the state now allow independent voters to participate in these primary elections. And we've had hundreds of events hearing from thousands of voters, including independent voters across the state. Now we're also taking the case to moderate Republicans or to Republicans that may approve of some of the things that President Trump is doing, but don't want a governor that's beholden to him. I can certainly work with anybody, including President Trump, to move Colorado forward, but I'm in no way beholden to Trump. And when I disagree, I'm not afraid to say it. Is your implication there that Walker Stapleton is beholden to Trump? Well, if you look at Walker Stapleton's ads, all he does is talk about how he completely agrees with Trump. And I think what Colorado wants is a governor that will agree with Trump if he's doing something good for Colorado and will take a stand against President Trump if he's coming after something we cherish, like our public lands, which are an important part of our identity as Coloradans and also an important economic driver of all the jobs in the outdoor tourism and recreation industry. So Walker Stapleton, the Republican nominee for governor, uh, in his uh, victory speech, made it pretty clear what his line of attack is going to be against you. He said, Jared Polis will raise your taxes and fees at every opportunity. That's a, a rough uh, paraphrasing, but the idea is fundamentally that taxpayers are going to be paying more under a Jared Polis administration. Will they? Well, first of all, it shows his naivete uh, in the fact that the only people who can 
or even raise taxes in Colorado or the voters of the state. It's not part of the job description of governor, so he might not fully understand what a governor does. Second of all, we don't have any specific uh, tax increases in our plans. In fact, we would love a way to help provide relief, for instance, to homeowners and seniors that have had appreciation in, uh, in their homes, have seen their appraised values go up and their taxes have gone up. We think we can do more to actually address that so people can stay in their homes with a rising cost of real estate. Uh, of course, a governor can raise fees, and there are fees that uh, have gone forward without the popular vote. Will those increase under a Jared Polis administration? We don't have any specific plans to. I think part of what is important for Colorado is keeping it affordable. And that means more money in your pocket, right? So if we can help people who've had appreciation in their homes with their residential assessments going up uh, to have some relief on their taxes, that's a good thing. If we can provide relief to the middle class and help people keep more of their paycheck, that's also a good thing. Because right now, people are spending too much on health care, whether it's for prescription drugs or for insurance. So our goal is for families to have more disposable money to spend on the things that they enjoy, raising their families, higher education, and having fun in beautiful Colorado. If you want families to have more money uh, and you also want to reverse the Trump tax cuts, uh, how do you square those two? Uh, This is something that Walker Stapleton has hit you on. You introduced a bill, in fact, in Congress to reverse the tax cuts. This is the absurd thing with the Trump corporate tax giveaway is, you know, Republicans talk all the time about cutting taxes. They don't even know how to do it. You think they'd at least be good at it. They did it in such a convoluted way that it actually raises taxes for many middle-class Colorado families because of the elimination of itemized deductions. So, yes, some families pay a little less under the Trump plan and some families pay a little bit more. But it is in no way, shape or form a tax cut for the middle class. What our proposal was is instead to provide relief for student loan debt. In fact, for the cost of the Republican corporate tax giveaway, we could wipe out all of the student debt in the country and make college more affordable, and reduce our deficit, or even cut taxes for the middle class. Candidates do a lot of talking on the campaign trail, Jared Polis. I'd like you to tell me about a moment on this campaign in which you listened to a voter and perhaps changed your mind on an issue. You know, this has been, and as will the campaign going forward, a campaign of listening. And I've heard from tens of thousands of voters firsthand. And what I learn about, frankly, are a lot of the local issues in each community. Where is the traffic? What's the issue with the schools? It'll make me a better governor, and it's also made me a better person to hear about the pain and the loss that many Colorado families have gone through, including families who've lost loved ones to the opioid crisis. You have uh, largely self-funded your campaign to the tunes of millions of dollars. Have you arrived at at a figure that you're willing to spend uh, into the general, and and would you share it with us? You know, I'm excited that we have over 4,000 donors to this campaign. And you know what we've done? We're not taking any donations from uh, individuals above $100, no corporate money, no PAC money. And what that means is I won't be beholden to anybody but the people of this state standing up to the pharmaceutical industry to save money on prescription drugs, making sure that we get the best deal when we build infrastructure because I'm not beholden to contractors. So I think that's an important contrast in this election, and we certainly plan on continuing to have as many small donors as we can. How much are you willing to spend of your own money on the race? Again, I think that what voters want to see is a candidate and a governor that can be independent from the special interests. When I'm making decisions about roads and infrastructure, they'll know that I won't have to go with buddies who paved the way for my campaign. I'm able to have over, you know, 250 free grassroots events across the country, hearing from real people, rather than having dinner at a Denver steakhouse with 10 millionaires every night. So you won't answer the question of how much you're willing to spend. 
Well, again, we have a people-powered campaign with over 4,000 individual contributors. Frankly, my goal would be to double that. What is one attribute of Walker Stapleton? One attribute? Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know him well enough to know much about his attributes. I certainly know his policies are the wrong way for Colorado. He doesn't have any plans to make health care more affordable. He doesn't have any plans to help families stay in their homes with the rising costs of, uh, of housing. Uh, he doesn't have any plans that I've seen to improve our schools. So we plan on running you know, on a bold, optimistic vision of how we can make Colorado work even better for those of us who live here. Jared Polis, thank you for being with us. Thank you, Ryan. Jared Polis, the Democratic nominee for governor of Colorado, speaking fresh off his primary victory. If he wins in November, he'd be the first openly gay man elected as governor in the United States. Polis made lots of jabs there at his opponent, Republican Walker Stapleton, who's the current state treasurer. Stapleton and I spoke while he was on what the state GOP is calling a Republican unity tour. Walker Stapleton, thank you for being with us. Good to be with you, Ryan. What would you like to accomplish, let's say, in your first 100 days as governor? Well, I think priority one and 1A would be fixing our infrastructure for the long term, not just incrementally as we've done so the last two years, but really for the economic future of Colorado, we have to find an infrastructure solution for the next decade plus. And I'd say 1A would be affordable housing because Affordable housing for a young person moving to Colorado and to the metro area specifically uh, is an indispensable part of economic development for the future of this state. And right now, if you're a millennial and you're moving here and you're being asked to pluck down $75,000 on average for your first down payment for a house, that makes it unaffordable for most young people. And if you can't afford to buy a house, uh, you're paying nearly 50 percent of your take home in rent. And that is unaffordable and unsustainable for the economic future of Colorado. We've talked about transportation in past conversations. There are any number of ways to achieve uh, spending on that through bonding. Of course, there uh, is likely to be a measure on the ballot, uh, perhaps raising taxes for that. What, what power, though, does a governor have in the affordable housing arena? Well, I think a governor has the power of pointing out that the reason that we haven't fixed this has been state government's inability to fix construction defects uh, uh, litigation. And construction defects litigation, particularly for the trial lawyers who've made tens of millions of dollars on construction defects lawsuits in Colorado, is the reason we don't have the supply that we need of residential housing in in the metro area. This is ultimately a supply and demand problem. You know, Ryan, before I ever ran for treasurer, I ran a publicly traded real estate company. So I have some experience in the real estate world. And I can tell you that there has been a chill of residential development because if you're building a big condo project, chances are there might be a wire that's misplaced in a bathroom. And unless we actually have a right to cure for developers over a 90 or 120 day period, we are not going to get the supply of housing we need to solve what is fastly becoming a crisis in Colorado of affordable housing. Of course, I'm sure there are some who would say it's much more serious than just a misplaced wire. Perhaps. Absolutely. Yeah. But, but uh, the fact of the matter is we need to have a right to cure for developers. I want to ask you about something your opponent in this race, Democrat Jared Paulus, has said, basically that you are beholden to President Trump. You're running in a state that went for the Democratic nominee Hillary Clinton in the 2016 election. And I'm wondering, where where do you differ from the president? Well, first of all, I find that assertion laughable because I've said I will be a strong supporter of supporting the president when he makes life better for 
Coloradans and I'll stand up to the administration when they don't. This is more a 10th Amendment issue. An election for governor should be a a referendum on our 10th Amendment, which is electing a strong chief executive at the state level. 10th Amendment, meaning states' rights. uh, To solve our problems with Medicaid expansion, to solve our infrastructure needs. Washington is not going to solve any of those challenges that Colorado is facing, but a strong executive in the governor's uh, house will. Where do you differ from the president? Uh, um, I am concerned about the president's policies on tariffs, particularly with respect to China, because we have uh, more than a billion, about $1.2 billion of of ag exports going to China right now. Uh, Close to about $650 of those are meat exports. And if we get in an escalating trade war with China uh, that starts slapping tariffs on meat exports, it will have a very negative impact uh, on our ag industry. And I am also concerned about the J-1 visa program, uh, which is a temporary visa program for students in uh, predominantly South American countries uh, who are coming to the United States for a period of three months. And the ski industry in particular, which uh, is responsible for $5 billion of economic impact and 50,000 jobs, is very reliant on the J-1 visa program. Let's take a look back at the primary race. You defeated Vic Mitchell, Greg Lopez, and Doug Robinson handily, getting almost 48% of the vote. Uh, there was criticism of your campaign, ranging from not participating in some of the debates uh, to a television ad uh, with a claim that was proven false. Uh, you said you were the only state treasurer in the country to support the president's tax cuts. Some of the criticisms of, of the campaign thus far have actually come from your own party. Former state GOP chairman Dick Wadhams said this to us this week. If Walker's going to win this general election, he has got to have a much sharper and more disciplined campaign. What's your reaction? Well, look, I think I have a demonstrated track record of winning swing counties that a Republican needs to win in order to win this state, in order to get the support independents and pragmatic Democrats and everybody else involved. Uh, in our campaign under a big tent. And what happens during a political campaign, particularly a statewide race, is you end up becoming a human pinata uh, from all sides. And we were taking incoming fire from uh, all sides, which I think is a, a mark that you're actually uh, gaining ground in this business, <laughs> which is kind of the craziness of a political campaign. But um, we uh, run this race on my record as Treasurer Colorado on stopping the largest tax increase in Colorado history, Amendment 66, because the money wasn't going to end up in our kids' classrooms where it belonged, partnering with Bill Ritter, former Democratic governor, to defeat a Bernie Sanders-style single-payer health care system that Jude Polis is a full-throated supporter of, and being the largest voice for fixing our pension system, which for years and during my time as treasurer was the biggest debt that we had in state government. And that is what uh, is going to ultimately determine whether I get elected governor of Colorado, not all this background noise. Is that your message for unaffiliated voters in particular, to swing them? Absolutely. We are going to have an inclusive message of economic opportunity for Republicans, Democrats, and independents, that Colorado can be the state where they can all prosper and we can prosper. And one of the things that I've always said is that I'm running for governor for three important reasons. My children, I've got a 10-year-old, a 6-year-old, and a 4-year-old, but not just my every child in Colorado and the economic opportunities I want to have in abundance for the future of this state. I want to ask you a question we asked of Jared Polis. Uh, What is a strength that Jared Polis brings to the race? And we obviously asked him what you bring to the race. Well, I think he's he's made a lot of money in his business career for himself, which has allowed him to spend 
uh, an unprecedented amount of money just to win a, a contested race on the Democratic side and get 46 percent of the Democratic vote. Uh, he spent four and a half times what we spent, and we got a higher proportion of the Republican vote on our side than he got on his side of the aisle. And so uh, he literally is trying to buy this race. And I think that most Coloradans will find that to be particularly unseemly. Walker, thank you for being with us. And we look forward to talking to you. Thank you, Ryan. I appreciate you. Walker Stapleton won the Republican nomination for Colorado governor. We'll hear much more from these candidates during the general election season, and we'd love your questions for them. Email news at CPR.org or tweet me at CPR Warner. Our theme is composed by Scott Holmes. I'm Ryan Warner with Who's Gonna Govern from CPR News. 